Welcome to the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you manage your money better, invest wisely, retire early, and grow your wealth for you and your family and live your best life. My name is Tony Thomas, Charter Financial Planner, Pension Specialist, and Money Coach. I've advised thousands of people over the last 30 years. I'm going to share with you real life stories and everything that you need to know to build a financially secure future and a great lifestyle. If you enjoy the podcast, then feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Tory Talks Wealth Podcast. Last name powers of attorney. This is today's topic and part of the estate planning series that we've been covering over recent weeks. A lasting power of attorney enables individuals to take control of decisions that affect them, even in the event that they can't make those decisions for themselves. Without them, loved ones could be forced to endure a costly and lengthy process to obtain authority to act for an individual who has lost mental capacity. An individual can create an LPA, covering their property and financial affairs and or a separate LPA for their health and welfare. It's possible to appoint the same or different attorneys in respect of each lasting power of attorney and both versions contain safeguards against possible misuse. It's not hard to imagine the difficulties that could arise where an individual loses the capacity to manage their own financial affairs and Without access to their bank accounts, pension and investments, family offence could face an additional burden at an already stressful time. LPA and the equivalents in Scotland and Northern Ireland should be a consideration in all financial planning discussions and should be a key part of any protection insurance planning exercise. Planning for mental or physical incapacity should sit alongside any planning for ill health or unexpected death. Commencing from the 1st of October 2007, it is no longer possible to establish a new enduring power of attorney in England and Wales, but those already in existence remain valid. The attorney would have been given authority to act in respect of the donor's property and financial affairs as soon as the EPA or enduring power of attorney was created. At the point the attorney believes the donor is losing their mental capacity, they would apply to the Office of Public Guardian to register the EPA to obtain continuing authority to act. Similar provisions to LPAs apply in Scotland. The grantor or donor gives authority to their chosen attorney in respect of their financial and property matters and or personal welfare. The latter only takes effect upon the grantor's mental incapacity. Applications for the powers of attorney must be accompanied by a certificate confirming the grantor understands what they are doing, completed by a solicitor or medical practitioner only. LPAs don't apply to Northern Ireland. Instead, those seeking to make a power of attorney appointment over their financial affairs will complete an EPA. This would be effective as soon as it was completed and would only need to be registered in the event of the donor's loss of mental capacity with the High Court or Office of Care and Protection. It's usual for the attorney to be able to make decisions about the donor's financial affairs as soon as the LPA is registered. Alternatively, the donor can state it will only apply where the donor has lost mental capacity in the opinion of a medical practitioner. An LPA for health and welfare covers decisions relating to an individual's day-to-day well-being. 
The attorney may only act once the donor lacks mental capacity to make the decision in question. The types of decisions covered might include where the donor lives and decisions concerning medical treatment. The donor also has the option to provide the attorney with the authority to give or refuse consent for life-sustaining treatment. Where no authority is given, treatment will be provided to the donor in their best interests. Unlike the process for an EPA, registration for both types of LPA takes place upfront and is not dependent on the donor's mental capacity. An attorney must act in the best interest of the donor, following any instructions and considering the donor's preference when making decisions. They must follow the Mental Capacity Act Code of Practice, which establishes five key principles which are, number one, a person must be assumed to have capacity unless it's established he or she lacks capacity. Number two, a person isn't to be treated as unable to make a decision unless all practical steps to help him or her do so have been taken without success. Number three, a person isn't to be treated as unable to make a decision merely because he or she makes an unwise decision. Number four, an act done or decision made under the act for or on behalf of a person who lacks capacity must be done or made in his or her best interests. And lastly, number five, before the act is done or the decision is made, regard must be had to whether the purpose of which it's needed can be as effectively achieved in a way that is less restrictive of the person's rights and freedoms of actions. A donor with mild dementia might be provided with the means to purchase items for daily living, but otherwise their financial matters are undertaken by their attorney. The code of practice applies a number of legally binding duties upon attorneys, including the requirement to keep the donor's money and property separate from their own or anyone else's. Anyone aged 18 or over who has mental capacity and isn't undischarged bankrupt may act as an attorney. A trust corporation can be an attorney for a property and financial affairs LPA. However, in practice, attorneys will be spouses, family members or friends or otherwise professional contacts such as solicitors. Where joint attorneys are being appointed, the donor will state whether they act jointly and if so, the attorneys must make all decisions together or jointly and severally, in which case the attorneys may make joint decisions or separately or jointly for some decisions, for example the sale of the donor's property, and jointly and severally in respect of all other decisions. An optional but useful feature of the LPA is the ability to appoint a replacement attorney in the event the original attorney is no longer able to act. The donor can leave instructions and preferences, but if they don't, the attorney will be free to make any decisions they feel are correct. Instructions relate to things the attorney should or shouldn't do when making decisions. For example, not selling the donor's home unless a doctor states the donor can no longer live independently or a particular dietary requirement would be examples. Preferences relate to the donor's wishes, beliefs and values they would like the attorney to consider when acting on their behalf. Examples might be ethical investing or living within close proximity of a relative. The following apply to both forms of LPA. A certified provider will be an individual aged 18 or over 
and either someone who has known the donor personally well for at least two years or someone chosen by the donor on account of their professional skills and expertise, for example, a GP or solicitor. There are restrictions on who may act as a certified provider. These include attorneys, replacement attorneys, family members and business associates of the donor. A further safeguard is the option for the donor to choose up to five people to be notified when an application for the LPA to be registered is being made. This allows any concerns or objectives to be raised before the LPA is registered, which must be done within five weeks from the date on which notice is given. Any person making an LPA can have help completing it, but they must have mental capacity when they fill in the forms. Otherwise, those seeking to make decisions on their behalf will need to apply to the Court of Protection for a deputyship order. This can be expensive and time-consuming and may require the deputy to submit annual reports detailing the decisions they have made. There are strict limits on the types of gifts attorneys can make on the donor's behalf. Gifts may be made on customary occasions, for example, birthdays, marriages and religious holidays, or to any charity to which the donor was accustomed to donating. Gifts falling outside of these criteria would need to be approved by the Court of Protection. A good example would be a gift intended to reduce the donor's inheritance tax liability. That's it for this week. I hope you found it useful. As always, please leave comments on what you thought of this week's episode and the topics that you want covered next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And if you'd like to know more about what I do or see more great money tips to build a secure and a happy lifestyle, then you can find all of these on my website, ttwealth.co.uk or my YouTube channel, TTWealth. If you want to work with me, then why not book a free 30-minute call to find out how? You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also produce a bi-monthly newsletter, TTWealth News, which contains practical money tips that is free for you to download from my website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something that you've enjoyed and you think will benefit someone you know, then please do share with them. I'm sure they will appreciate it. So it's goodbye until next time. And remember, live for today, invest for tomorrow.